Welcome to Todd and John's Monday Night Therapy Session. As you can notice, I am in a festive mood, and I have my Aurora skylight behind me to remind me that everything's right in the world. <sighs> How you doing, Todd? It was a win Saturday, so, you know. Wins are wins. A win is a win. You know, at least in this sport, you don't get, uh, you don't earn points. You don't earn style points, I guess. So, you're going to take a win and feel good about it, one and one, and and uh, move forward. Is that what we're going to do? That's that's what <laughs> I'm going to do this week. That dude, We don't get to move forward until Wednesday night. Well, right now we what did what did where did you watch the game Saturday? Um, I watched it at my parents' house. Um, okay, so you I, you just on TV in Lincoln. I watch it on TV in Lincoln, and and here's here's the story. I was supposed to go to the game with my dad, and yeah. uh, after the fiasco in Dublin, uh, the drubbing in Dublin, I uh, appealed to my son, my 23-year-old son, who has absolutely no interest in sports at all and no interest in Nebraska football, but he does enjoy spending time with his grandpa. And so I appealed to my son and, and said, you know, your two cousins are going to go to the Wisconsin and the Minnesota game. What would you think about going to the football game Saturday with your grandpa? He said, oh, okay. So I panned it off on my son because I did not want to be in the stadium on Saturday because of what I feared was going to happen. So I guess I'm a, I'm a loser fan. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a loser fan. I didn't want to. I didn't want to sit through what we had seen it in Dublin. Well, I, you know, the first half was pretty, uh, well, it was pretty terrible. I think I, I did the first half article recap, and I called it the saddest half in Nebraska football history. Kind of an exaggeration, but that's what you do when you write headlines. You get the web hits. I don't think it was clickbaity because I don't think it was really, uh, I don't think it was really that far from the truth. Uh, I mean, it was... The first half, I mean, when they had, they had the ball 20 minutes to, compared to our nine, yep. they ran, what, what was it, a 12-play, 16-play drive? 16-play uh, drive, yep. Yeah, and they and then our head coach, inexplicably, in, he, he called timeouts. Well, to aid them in their scoring. I don't, what the hell was that about? You know, and, and Nebraska had the ball four times in the first half. And I think I don't remember the numbers on this, but I think they ran half of the plays, you know, that that North Dakota did. And you talk about inexplicable things from our head coach. And I guess, you know, we'll just jump on it right now. Uh, you know, well, one of my pet peeves, I got to clarify this first. One of my pet peeves is I hate those running off the field to the locker room interviews. I, I you know, the, the media has become so invasive and, um, you know, shoot, I saw a high school game on TV a couple Thursdays ago where the sideline reporter talked to a kid on the bench. Thank God they're not doing that. But I, I hate those, you know, grab the coach and try yeah. to get a few more comments. Scott Frost was not in the frame of mind <laughs> to be interviewed at that point. And I thought that that's unfair. And um, anyway, so the, the sideline reporter grabs him. And he says, you know, something along the line of, well, the defense is playing just fine. We've got, we've got to figure things out on offense. 
Well, you know, the offense hadn't played great, but the offense hardly had the ball. And the reason they didn't have the ball was because the defense couldn't stop North Dakota from going up and down the field. Um, It just just seemed weird. And, you know, know, what do you read between the lines there? Is is Coach Frost, uh, is he threatened by Mark Whipple? Was Mark Whipple doing, you know, calling an offense or calling plays that Scott didn't – didn't agree with. I don't know what it was. I just thought it was a very strange comment for that point of the game. I don't know. You know, I I think uh, if somebody was to stop me in the middle of that, I'd just say words. I really wouldn't think. Of, I'd be thinking about something over here. I'd be thinking about, you know, I need to talk to uh, Casey Thompson about his rollouts. I need to talk to our center about something. And I would just say words. I don't really put a lot of um, – you know, I, I'm, I we both bashed Frost a lot for his post game pressers and the st- stupid stuff he says. But I those halftime things or in game things, I I wouldn't put any credence in them whatsoever. Because yeah, I thought uh, the defense isn't playing well. What the hell are you talking about? And then I thought, well, he's thinking about other things. Uh, then the second half came out and Nebraska, you know, Nebraska put them away. I mean, they did what they. We lost a, a two. We lost a double-digit lead, didn't we? Yeah, and then we uh, then they put them away. I mean, they did. They you know what was the final score? Thirty-eight seventeen. Thirty-eight seventeen. Yeah, um, seventeen seventeen. Um, you know, I, well, it was tied. Um, and uh, you know, and then Nebraska. They made me happy, and they made a lot of uh, people who kind of look at the game of football the same way I do. They ran the damn ball. And, um, you know, again, unfortunately, I'm not one of these guys. I have a lot of things that I'm kind of trying to do during games and whatnot. Um, And I do not go back and rewatch games like, you know, a lot of fans do and try to diagnose different things. But, you know, they were able to run the ball. And, um Anthony um, Grant, you know, just uh, he, he looked he looked like, you know, a Nebraska running back. He he God, it was fun to watch. But my point being is that, you know, the, the offense finally found an answer. They finally found a way uh, to to run the football. And whether that was because, you know, you've got, uh, you know, uh, FBS linemen, you know, playing against FCS linemen. And people want to argue, you know, dispute that a little bit. There's there's a lot of good players on those FCS football teams. There are really a lot of good players. And a lot of them don't don't get, you know, uh, uh, FBS scholarship offers because of, you know, their size or something like that. It isn't necessarily because of their skills or their drive or their talents. A lot of times it's because of size. And, and what it appeared to me is that eventually – you know, Nebraska's offensive line, you know, was pushing and leaning on those guys the whole game. And they eventually won, I think. But this the schemes changed a little bit, too. And you could see that. And it was fun to watch. You know, run the damn ball guy, me, Todd Wolverton. You know, I loved watching that part of the game. Okay. Anthony Grant got uh, Big Ten Offensive Player of the Week or whatever it is for Nebraska. Would you like to take a guess when Nebraska last had an offensive player of the week in the Big Ten? 2017. Close. 2018. Yeah. That 
that uh, that is pretty horrifying, isn't it? You know what I mean? <sighs> okay, yeah. then we ran one triple option play in the second half. Ty, uh, Scott Frost had a play sheet, and everybody said, oh, we won because Scott Frost took over play calling in the second half, and Mark Whipple's horrible because he throws the ball, and this is what we want to see. We want to see a Nebraska physical team run the ball down somebody's throat, and and Scott Frost has figured it out. How do you respond to all that stuff? Well, okay, as far as the triple option play is concerned, boy, that was fun to watch. But the reason they ran that is because Casey Thompson, Casey Thompson, our quarterback, son of Charles Thompson, former Oklahoma triple option quarterback, in the huddle, before that play, he got down on a knee and he drew the play out and said, we're going to do this. It's called a triple option. And so he played backyard football and just ran the play because he knew, he knew that Nebraska fans would just go totally bonkers. He, he That little kid was born running the triple option. Well, you know, whatever. But the triple – It probably was, actually. It probably was. But, you know, um, we'd heard in preseason – uh, you know, one of the days when reporters were allowed to watch a little bit of practice, they said that they were working on some option stuff. So no surprise that it came out. Maybe a little bit of surprise that, you know, they didn't put Logan Smothers in to run it. But, um, you know, the the whole thing with Scott Frost calling plays. Immediate after, immediately after the game, in his press conference after the game, and I was listening to it because I was stuck in horrendous traffic, Um on my way to the volleyball game. See, that's what I did. I sold out. I made my son go to the football game so I could go watch the volleyball game. Um, but <laughs> I'm listening to uh, I'm listening to the uh, um, the the post game, and Scott said, you know, one of the reporters said, so what what can you tell us about you know calling plays in the second half? And Scott Frost shut it down right then. You know, he said, I'm not going down that path. We're not talking about that. And good for him. I mean, you know, that's that, again, he, he's the one that has to control the message. And I don't have any problem with the way that he responded to that question. Today, apparently, during one of the press con- or during a press conference today, he, had, he gave uh, kudos to Coach Whipple and, and the job that he did calling plays in the second half. So who knows? You know darn well that Scott Frost is going to have input on the offense. And as a head coach, he's, you know, he's entitled to do that. Uh, did they talk at halftime? Did Frost tell Whipple, hey, we got to run the ball more, or I want to see, you know, this package of plays being called? He, you know, he may well have done that, and he has the authority to do that. You know, he had a play sheet. Was he calling the plays? I don't know. I didn't see a microphone on his headset when they showed him on TV. Um, whatever. You know, I, I just don't, I don't think that's an issue. It's not an issue. Okay, I'm going to put a couple comments up here. Uh, let's see. Blaine Cole says, hello from Japan. Hello, Blaine. Thanks for joining us from Japan. I don't even know what time it is over there, but I, I imagine it's got to be the middle of the night. Uh, let's see. Jack the Ripper says, it. I'd rather hit myself in the head with a hammer than go to an NU game. You know, I think I'm going to do a video about that at some point, about how Nebraska fans should just keep going to the games, even if the football is going to be terrible. And the reason is is because the fan experience is good. Wait a minute. Jace went to the game. What did he think of it? <laughs> uh, good hot dogs. Good hot dogs. And he thought he got a good deal on the soda. 
Um, that was it. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty much it. I, I, you know, he said, I asked him a question because I, I couldn't tell um, watching it on TV, but I, I asked him, were the fans booing? And he says, yeah, he said, I could hear it probably three or four times that the fans were booing. And, you know, again, Jace, Jace does not pay close attention. He was at the game to be there with his grandpa. Um, but he, he, he did make a comment that he'd been in that stadium when it was louder and crazier. Um, you know, and he's gone to games since he was a little, you know, a little boy. Um, so, um, you know, my dad, you know, he walked away from the game um, saying, well, it was better than last week. You know, that was kind of his comment. And um, I, I did talk immediately after the game with one of your old roommates uh, who was back uh, to Nebraska visiting with his family. Um, I talked to him right after the game and, you know, he said it was a strange crowd and uh, you could cut the tension uh, in the stadium with a knife at, um, at times during the game. Uh, he said there were times during the game when it was very uncomfortably, uncomfortably quiet. Um, but, you know, as far as hitting yourself in a hammer rather than going to Nebraska games, you know, okay, so I'm a hypocrite because I didn't go this last weekend, but I am looking forward to going to game, you know, the Oklahoma game in a couple of weeks. I'm going to, I'm planning to go to that game, um, you know, and, and I still like the fan experience, but it, you know, I guess I've gotten old and lazy, um, but uh, um, I, <laughs> I'd rather watch a game on TV. <laughs> I really would. And um, just we'll, like we'll take another one from Blaine Cole. Did Nebraska have a sellout for the North Dakota game? Yes, they did. And uh, I think the next two games are actually sold, sold out as well. And then yeah. we're going to see what happens when we get into the conference. Todd, Todd. If I can find it, I, I have a comment here. Are you ready? Yeah. I'll read the comment. Mike Faust says, you know what's frustrating? A lot of these other programs have been progressing like Florida State. And here <laughs> is Nebraska looking like the same garbage. Well, Florida State, uh, they had – who'd they play, Todd? Well, Florida State played uh, LSU, and they did. Um, Brian Kelly team. Brian Kelly team, yeah. And I've I've always been an LSU fan until they hired Brian Kelly. I don't care much for him. Same. Um, he, but I've always loved I've always loved the Bayou buying the Bayou Bengals. They, they're a lot of fun, and liked them since I was a little kid. But I honestly um, was cheering for Florida State the other night, um, and Florida State. You know, here's the thing: a lot of times. Um, you know, we get kind of tunnel vision and Florida State's kind of gone through a lot of the same problems and a lot of the same issues that Nebraska has in recent years. You know, here are two, you know, former powerhouses, you know, Bobby Bowden, Tom Osborne. You know, you had uh, Orange Bowl games and, and uh, missed field goals and, you know, both of them uh, powerhouses in the in the 80s and the 90s. And they both um, have seen better days until recently. Now, you know, Scott Frost in year five, um, you know, he was brought back to Nebraska to right the ship. And in year five, uh, they get beat by Northwestern and they struggled against North Dakota. And in year three, Mike Norvell 
got his signature win at Florida State by knocking off LSU. Now, LSU only won two games last year, uh, but LSU is absolutely loaded with talent. I mean, you know, it's not – LSU does not have a talent shortage down there. And it was the first game that Brian Kelly coached, and so you always have those first game growing pains. Granted, but in year three – with Mike Norvell as the head coach, Florida State got their got their signature win. Um, Scott Frost's signature win is nine to six against Michigan State in a snowstorm. Um, so we're we're still waiting on that. Okay, I'll just say this really quick, Mike Schuster. Hey, John, got any more of those nasty nuts? Okay, I did a a YouTube short video of me eating some dried beans after the game. Uh, mostly because I'm still learning how YouTube learn, it works, and uh, I keep trying to mix shorts in with the other stuff to see what happens with them, and uh, it was really kind of dumb. But I did eat some dried green pinto beans, and they were terrible. Okay. Uh, Brian Anderson. This was not a win, just a realization of how bad our team really is. We have a good running back and quarterback, but no defense and no offensive line. Uh, you want to comment on that? It was a win. <laughs> it was a win. Nebraska is one and one. It's a win. You know what? Iowa won. And Iowa fans probably feel like they got kicked in the nuts. Time out, you know, for, for, for four quarters, they got kicked in the nuts. Iowa fans cannot probably feel real good about what they watched the other day. But it was a win. And, you know, who knows how the season's going to unfold for both of these teams. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not real confident in this team yet, but I'm not going to give away a victory. There's, there's no reason to do that. I want the team to win every weekend. And if there are people out there that want Nebraska to – if there are Nebraska fans that would rather see Nebraska get beat so that moves Scott Frost out the door faster, I, I, I don't – I can't agree with that. You, you know, if you're a fan, you want your team to win every game. Um, you and I are, are on the record as far as our feelings about the leadership of Scott Frost. Uh, but I'm not going to sit here and, and, uh, wish that this team loses football games. Did you watch any other big 10 teams? Yeah, I watched, I watched some of Iowa. <laughs> um, yeah, that was, I was, I was stuck to that game. Because it was yeah. – well, first of all, I watched uh, Illinois Illinois versus Indiana, Penn State, Purdue. Uh, I did not watch Michigan because they beat the shit out of who they played. I watched Minnesota because I have Minnesota people in my household, and they beat up New Mexico State. And, and then there was Iowa. I'll go back through those teams, but my God. You know, during the offseason, Iowa fans were told they were going to have a new-look offense, and apparently their new-look offense was uh, that they weren't going to have an offense at all. They put out quarterback ratings recently, I think today, for the Big Ten. Casey Thompson is one ahead of the worst quarterback in the Big Ten, and that is Spencer Petrus for Iowa, who had a quarterback rating of 1.1. I didn't know you could have a quarterback rating of 1.1, but apparently he did it. You know, but I mean, Iowa. You know, they punted their way to winning. They field positioned yeah. everything, and they got two safeties. It was pretty amazing. Exactly. What I thought was a hoot about about the Iowa situation is that the Cedar Rapids Gazette 
which, you know, Cedar Rapids is a half an hour from Iowa City. And, uh, you know, <laughs> that's Hawkeye country. And their headline yesterday um, in the Sunday paper, it was something like Iowa gets victory or whatever, or Iowa victory, but it had no O in Iowa, a no O in victory because there was no O for Iowa. I just got a chuckle out of that. Illinois versus Indiana. I thought Indiana was uh, Illinois. Just I don't know. They neither of these teams looked that good. But I thought Indiana, if they can straighten out their quarterback problems, uh, what is it, Connor Basilic? I think that they'll be a decent team. I mean, they were terrible last year, but uh, those two teams. And then I watched Penn State and Purdue, and my thought was Purdue is going to beat the living shit out of us. I mean, they're Aiden O'Connell's a pretty decent quarterback. Uh, Charlie Jones, talk about no offense for Iowa. What he, he, I don't know how many receptions he had, but I imagine the Iowa fans got really tired of hearing Charlie Jones' reception. Yeah. But, uh, played well for Purdue. And then the other offensive player of the week, I believe, was Sean Clifford from Penn State. And watching him, I could make you go bald from tearing your hair out. But he did at the final drive. I mean, he pulled the game out of it and, and, and won it for him. And uh, I just, I don't know, Penn State, you know, their offense just seems so mishmash and it doesn't run well, but they still beat Purdue at the end. Purdue's Jeff Brom didn't run the ball. He could have ran the game out if he'd have run the ball a little bit more, and he just didn't. So you, sometimes when you look at things and you go, why in the hell isn't, uh, why in the hell isn't he doing that? And you're standing over here off the field. I, I have no idea why coaches make those decisions. Kind of yeah. like the onside kick Frost called. And then we, you know, I did mention in my post-game reaction, uh, it was probably a squib kick that hit a guy, and it was a squib kick. All right, here's a comment from Chris Tussing. Why do you think the lines on both sides are being pushed around so much? Is it a talent problem, a strength problem, a practice physicality issue, or just scheme-related? You want to you you take a shot at that? Uh, I, you know, I, I tell you what, I think – I, I think it's probably, I think it's a talent problem. I, I, I just, I don't, it would seem to me that, well, you know, people could argue it's a strength and conditioning issue. I mean, they could certainly make that argument, but you know, I don't, I don't have enough knowledge uh, about that. Um, and, and, you know, how, how good Nebraska's program is. I haven't heard people who know about strength and conditioning speak critically of Nebraska's program. Um, but, you know, to me, I just, you know, we got a lot of the same names out there that we had out there last year. And um, I, I don't know, they're maybe, they're just getting out horse. Maybe it's, maybe it's a mental part of the game. And, you know, we've talked about how in both games, um, Northwestern and um, and North Dakota were both more physical than Nebraska was up front in both games. And physicality is mental. It is mental. Um, you know, of course, if you're not, uh, you know, if you if there's a huge discrepancy in strength and size, that has something to do with it. But I'll tell you what, it's you know, what do they say? It's not the the size of the dog in the fight, but it's the size of the fight in the dog. And, um, that's, that's mental. And maybe we just need more 
more, more mental toughness with those guys up front. I think it's I it, today they came out and said they're going to practice more one on ones, and, and you're kind of like, why? Okay, it's the fifth year, and now you're finally figuring out that your guys need to because the defense just missed tackles again all over the place. Yeah, I mean, we honestly we let an FCS team that won four games last year push us around on defense and make guys look like idiots whiffing with the arm tackles again. And, you know, a lot of that is they're not practicing physically in, in uh, practice, so they're not going to do it at a game. Uh, I, I think the biggest that's the biggest issue for me is, is they're probably, you know, they're not being physical practice. I mean, let's face it, Tom Osborne years ago, those guys got into fights all the time, Okay. Those guys got into fights in practice, and their practices were hell because he didn't want them getting into fights in games. And that's really how that worked out. You know, in the end, if you remember what, what bowl game was it, we were playing Miami, and, uh, you know, they started – who they hit? One of our offensive players, they tried getting him into a fist fight, and he just took it and got the, a critical 15-yard penalty against Miami. Anyway – all right, what do we got? Uh... Well, you know, there's. I, I see a question coming up from Aaron. Uh, oh. Go ahead. No, let's let's talk about this one. I saw that one too. Um, okay. Yeah, you know, I, th I <laughs> that's a good point. But uh, um, you, you know, the position coaches are the ones that work most closely with the players, and. Uh, Coach Rayola is is a guy that's going to have to build that toughness with those guys, um, you know. With with Coach Frost, you know he's he's the head of the ship, and I've said for years that one of the shortcomings of the teams that he's coached in Nebraska is a lack of mental toughness, um, knowing how to knowing how to uh, persevere through difficult times and and fight through. Um, tough situation. So, um, you know, yeah, Brian, I, I think it's, that's the question. That's a good question. I don't know that there is an answer to that. Okay. I'll take, I'll take this one. Uh, John Roten says every year I get suckered into believing that we are going to be world beaters. I blame the media, hail varsity, Omaha world Herald, et cetera. If we're a bad team, just tell us we're a bad team. Stop sugarcoating garbage. Well, yeah, out of fairness to those guys, they have to rely on what the coaches tell them because they don't get to see, you know, what's going on. They don't get to see practices. And any coach anywhere is going to say that uh, they have good players and they, you know, they're ready to go and all that stuff. For There's one quote that sticks out in my mind. I think it was, you remember in the 80s, Todd, when Northwestern had like a 31-game losing streak and they finally won a game. And they tore down the goalpost and marched them to Lake Michigan, yelling one in a row, and threw them in the lake. <laughs> I don't remember that. But. And I think it was – I, I want to say their coach's name was Pepper Rogers. I remember seeing him years later talk about that losing streak and how he felt every time that they went out on the field that they were going to win a game. And that's just how he felt, and then they didn't. So, you know, I, I think that uh, – the problem with the, the sugar coating is, is if they don't do that, people are going to get mad at them. You know, and I've said this before, they're kind of expected to play homers. A lot of people like that. I know that now we're, 
we're kind of like, okay, you did it again, and we're not going to believe anything. So, uh, yeah, it's really hard to take. But, again, the coaches are telling them stuff. They don't get to see it themselves and report well, on it. Every, every team is optimistic going into the season. I don't care who you are. Um, you know, Vanderbilt uh, is, is optimistic. Rice, every team is optimistic going into the season. And, um, you know, that's you wanna, – you wanna put that spin on things. Paul Braun says, why is Nebraska fielding kickoff returns and punts all the time? I uh, see all the other Big Ten teams returning kicks. When is the last time we had a kick returner take it to the house? <laughs> well, I don't know when the last – You don't know. I saw one at Iowa City quite a few years ago, um, but I don't remember one since. You know, with the way the rules are written, you know, I, and I haven't watched enough football this year. Um, you know, John, you've seen quite a bit. Um, at least on kickoffs, I don't think it's a bad strategy to fair catch. You get the ball at 25. Um, and, yeah. you know, I've seen a lot of teams in the last, you know, since you could start fair catching kickoffs, I've seen a lot of teams that have tried to return them and they don't get to the 25. I mean, if you're guaranteed the ball on the 25, I think that's a good move, good strategy. With the punts, I've been surprised that Nebraska has not um, been able to field a punt and attempt a return. And, you know, what that comes down to is, in my opinion, again, is, the guys up front, are they holding up the gunners? You know, are they, you know, what kind of a job are they doing to, to slow those guys down so that the returners have a chance to, to, you know, run with the ball. Um, I'm going to put Linda Wilkins up here because she comments on YouTube all the time. Linda Wilkins says it was not pretty, but it was our win. I'll take what I can get that. That's kind of how this week feels, or the last one feels. Okay, a lot of you are asking questions about firing the coach and uh, who we're going to get for the coach. And let's see here. Uh, Brian Anderson, what are the odds of Frost being let go come October 1st? I think it's time any other program would let go, would let the go the coach go by now. <sighs> you know, I, I listen – we have a slack room that we use to communicate amongst our writers. And I, you know, I kind of feel like right now harping on this stuff, it, it's going to happen. I mean, when, I think there were six minutes of the left of the Northwestern game and I tweeted, this is done. And I wasn't just talking about the game. I, I think it's apparent. It's just pretty clear that, this is not working with Scott Frost that we wanted the way we, that we wanted it to. I mean, it's just apparently clear to me. I still see a lot of comments from people that are holding out hope that somehow he turns it around. But I got to tell you right now, if you're sitting there last week and we're playing an FCS team that was picked to finish seventh in their conference, in their conference, the Missouri Valley Conference, I think there's 12 teams in their conference. And you're worried about that game? It's kind of done, okay? And we're worried about beating Georgia Southern this weekend, a team that put up 49 points against uh, Morgan State. If you are worried about, oh, my God, what if we lose, It's this is over. There's no reason for you to even be asking yourself, how are we going to pull out of this? Maybe there will be some magic turnaround. It's just not going to happen. 
you know, I wish it would happen. I really do because watching us watching us get manhandled by an FCS team was just shit. It was terrible and it was depressing. And I, they're, you know, after a while, you look at it and you go, "I'm tired of losing. I don't give a damn about who the names are anymore. I just want our team to play well and start winning." And I don't see that happening. Somebody else asked about win totals for the rest of the year. I, you know, I don't know. I, uh, you know, I guess we're we're just going to take this week at a time, and then uh, and then see what happens. Oh God, we got to get this one, Todd. Lonnie Wells says, you media people are just a bunch of clickbait whores and should not constantly leading this conversation about our football coach. But I'm a clickbait whore. Last week we were garbage. This week we're clickbait whores. I'm not sure where where the hell he gets the clickbait stuff. You know what I mean? What well, a- I, I don't know whether to feel good about being called media. Um, I thought we were just two old guys that had a podcast. Right, exactly. Uh, uh, well, you know, you know, should not be constantly leading this conversation about our football coach. Well, you know what? Uh, I'm guessing the same conversation's happening all over the world because Nebraska fans are all over you the betcha. world. You uh, betcha. I guess I've seen so many people. I've we've gotten a lot of YouTube comments, comments on the Coronation website. Uh, you know, it's just people hanging on, still looking for something to happen. And, you know, that's why the season's just going to play out. All right. And we don't we don't have to go, yeah, folk, fire him right now because, you know, we have – it's already September, what, 5th? And October 1st isn't that far away. And who knows? Well, maybe uh, – maybe maybe somebody – I don't know. You know it, maybe something will happen. I, <laughs> you know, John, after saying all that, Randy, it, it's got to play out a little bit. And, you know, there's, there's been a lot of opinions expressed and, you know, they got Georgia Southern coming this week. If they, if they are horrible against Georgia Southern, you know, I think that just, you know, makes the decision a little bit easier and, you know, they play Oklahoma and, you know, for the life of me, I, I feel, I feel like Nebraska <laughs> is going to show up and, and, um, and play well against Oklahoma. I don't have any data to support that. I mean, there is nothing that has, has happened, um, you know, to give me that kind of hope, but um, you know, I, I just, I don't know. I got a feeling. And the reality is the, the reality is, is that nothing's going to happen with Scott Frost until October. Um, it's, it's, it's not going to happen. And, how long he stays at Nebraska is going to be determined by how the next five or six weeks go um, with, with this football team. And, um, you know, I, I got mixed emotions about whether it's the right idea to cut a guy loose during the season or not. Um, you know, we can argue uh, both sides of that issue, uh, but he's, he's the head coach right now. He's the head coach for this season. Um, John and you and I both said he should have been cut loose last year. That was our opinions. Um, but you know, right now, um, I, I don't know. And, you know, I, uh, the, the Bradley's question right there, um, I couldn't believe it. How on earth walk on try to grab that punt? Why has nobody beat that point ad nauseum? Well, that was possibly 
one of the stupidest plays I've seen. I mean, I'm just a player. It was just unbelievably dumb. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and they did bring it up quite, you know, they addressed it on the game. They came back after commercial and the, and the commentators were kind of like, what is this guy doing? And and I couldn't believe it when I saw it, I thought, Holy smokes. And then, you know, they, they have to review that play to determine whether or not Nebraska has possession. I mean, Holy smokes. Right. I, I thought, Oh my God. Okay. M. Gaboski, M. Gaboski, Michigan fan here. I had to live through the Rich Rod and Brady Hoke. It gets better. Hang in there. You know, here's the interesting comments lately that I've seen on social media from some of Nebraska fans is Michigan hung on to Jim Harbaugh, and look what happened. And you kind of look at that and you go, have you even seen these two records of these two coaches compared side by side? Jim Harbaugh was winning nine and ten yeah. games a year. He did wasn't beating Ohio State and Michigan State. Right. You know, the two teams you have to beat. He wasn't a bad coach. Scott Frost to this point has been a very bad coach. He's one of the – you take all the single-year guys out of Nebraska's football history, and the only person he's a better coach than is Bill Jennings. And Bill Jennings had signature wins over Oklahoma and Notre Dame. Bill Jennings didn't have the conference record – as shitty as Frost does. So, you know, the, I don't huh. – it's just like people are just spewing stuff to hang on to something that's already passed by. I, You know, I, I it's it's going to happen. It's inevitable. Just when I, Part of me, I was thinking about this today. Part of me is is I wonder if people are hanging on to this, like, like me. All right? Last year I said Scott Frost needs to be fired. Okay, well, so let's say something happens. He beats Oklahoma, and then he beats Indiana and Rutgers, and then he beats everybody else. Well, everybody can come back and say, John, you're an idiot, and you were wrong. You know what that is? Fine with me because we'd have a winning football program. But I wonder about how them, all these people, when they go on message boards or they go down to drink coffee or have a beer, and they're like, I'm a Scott Frost guy, and they just don't want to let that go ever. You think it has something to do with just not wanting to be wrong? I think I think that has something to do with it. Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. Hey, you know what? I have been working on uh, just for an announcement. Here you go. I have been working on uh, actually making some T-shirt designs. This is a T-shirt with the hashtag of uh, "There is no hope." Fuck everything. Go big red. Uh, this is a plane shirt with just Cobby on it. So that that hopefully that's coming and we'll see what happens. And I don't think I'll make any really negative uh Scott Frost sucks kind of t-shirts just because quite frankly I expect them to be short lived. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're gonna go on after that and uh we're just gonna we're we'll we'll see who our next coach is and we'll talk about who the next coach is when that time yeah, comes. I, I, We've got uh, quite a few people, you know, that are tossing questions up there about, you know, certain coaches. I just saw Matt Campbell's name and Urban Meyer and some of those people come through. And, you know, I let, let's let's save conversation for that um, when, when Scott Frost is let go. We'll have plenty of time uh, to, to talk about who we potentially. John Roten says, did you see the YouTube video of a Sooner fan's reaction to the Dublin loss? He basically said he genuinely 
felt sorry for Nebraska fans. We used to be a blue blood. That's just it, Todd. People don't give a shit anymore. You know what was happening on – you know what happens on Twitter? And uh, Twitter and the Iowa game, I was – I was not abusing Iowa fans any more than they were abusing themselves. But you know what did not happen on Twitter, Todd? Wasn't paying attention, John. I didn't get any. I didn't get any shit from Iowa fans. <laughs> and you know what that means? That means we're so pathetic they're not even giving me shit. <laughs> and I mean, mostly I was bagging on their offense. But that that is a sad state of the program when you're to that point. Uh, okay, what else we got? We still got 20 minutes to go, Todd. Well, you know, we can we can uh, adjust here just to Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah. Tell us about the Husker volleyball game. Oh, well, um, I tell you what. That was my first experience at a at a Husker volleyball game at Devaney. You know, I used to go to quite a few games when I was in college, but you know, that was back in the day when Terry Pettit was the coach and Kathy Noth was the center and some of those other people. But um, it was it was quite an experience being in Devaney. And um, I felt very fortunate to be able to get tickets because of the sellout. But, uh, um, you, you know, there, there's what, what really stood out to me. And, you know, again, one of the I don't know when we watch teams play on television or when we listen to teams play on the radio, there's no substitute for being in the arena and, you know, just feeling the energy, um, the excitement, but the seats that I had, I was 15 feet away from the players, you know, that were standing at the edge of the bench. Um, you know, when they, the, the players that weren't on the court and, and, you know, not that far from the, from the service line either, but, I, I'll tell you what, I could not believe the size and the athleticism of, of Nebraska's players. And, and Ole Miss had some players, too. I mean, you know, I, I understand Nebraska, you know, swept them. But um, just to see, you know, girls that have that size, women that have that size and athleticism is just, uh, it's just amazing. Um, so, you know, that, I'll tell you, I, I had a good Saturday. I mean, the, the football team I cheer for. One, the the football team that I hate almost lost, and <laughs> and and the volleyball team, you know, that uh, I got to go watch, they won. So you know, it was a it was a good Saturday for me. Do you, do you ever feel do you ever feel like when you're in Devaney that you're part of a cult? Uh, I don't know. I've been in Devaney for a lot of different reasons, so I guess. Uh, well, I mean, for the volleyball matches, I've only been there the. I was down there courtside. I was down courtside with my camera once. The ball came to me, and I I kind of, you know, tossed it over to a ball girl. And this young woman to the right of me yells at me, and she said, "You did that wrong." And I'm like, "What?" And she goes, "When the ball comes off the court over here, you give it to me. I give it to him, and they pass the ball around like yeah. some kind of like." cultish you know what i mean there's always there's a ritual for everything there is and i'm like okay yeah i get it you know and they had cheers my favorite was always michaela fecky's you got fecky well yeah they had a lot of that kind of stuff going on so i, I guess i didn't notice it that much you know there are some quite like let's shift back to to football um uh what is the result you'd be happy with for next week against georgia what would make me happy 
is that is would be a 24 plus point win where the offense looks sharp and where the defense you know gets off the field that's what would make me happy that's a good point i mean um okay you answered that we're gonna move on <laughs> it's really it's really hard you guys to you know especially because both of us are really old uh to follow all these comments at the same time trying to pay attention to what's going on uh wait a minute Dave, you need to clarify this one. Oh, wait a minute I saw John something about a volleyball that? team I hate. I'm, I'm not hating on I, any I saw, I thought That's the one I was trying to put up, but I clicked on the wrong one. How many instant reactions do you expect to record from your bathroom for the remainder of the season? Oh, my God. You know, I'm almost all of them. I'm not going <laughs> to do You know what? Here's the thing. Here's the thing, though, that you have to understand. Uh, I'm trying to do my best not to get very upset and angry during games because it – it really adds to my stress. It causes a severe headache. So normally if we lose really badly, I'll probably just leave the house and walk into the woods in negative five weather and do something outside. Uh, oh, my God. Where, oh, there. Here it is. David, David Weiss or Weiss says, this guy actually has a volleyball team he hates. How can anybody be invested in a volleyball team for fuck's sakes? <laughs> well, don't you say that to volleyball fans, damn it. Those yeah. people are passionate. And he misheard me. I don't have a volleyball team I hate. Jeez. Hey, there's a good question. Um, yeah, go ahead. How about that one? I saw that. I didn't know that that was said. Yeah. Okay, so Dan Daniel McAdams says, what are your thoughts on Chancellor Brewington saying – Average fans do nothing for the program because they don't give money and are just born here. I don't know if he said that exactly, but um, I didn't see the context of what he was talking about. But I, I'll, I'll say this, uh, and I'm stealing this directly from Nate McHugh. Uh, Nate McHugh in our Slack room, I put that in the Slack room, and Nate McHugh respond, college kids with microphones. And I thought, you know, that's a really good response, mostly because – I, you know, if I was that age, that's probably something I would have said. I don't think yeah. I'd put a lot of stake in it. I think that uh, maybe, you know, God knows what the context was, but I'd really just let that one go and not hold it against them because they're young guys that aren't used to talking to anybody. And listen, there's plenty to get angry about and there's plenty to be upset about without, you know, taking one offs from a football player who says something dumb. You know, Chancellor I, Brewington had a good game. <laughs> yeah, he did. Uh, well, Asawar Sajid says, John, if we beat OU, where will you be sitting? I don't know if he means you mean sitting on the fence or with Scott Frost. I'm not sure what that means. So we'll answer it multiple ways. If we beat Oklahoma, I would assume we'd beat uh, Georgia Southern. And we'd be what three and one, and like I said, we'll just let the rest of the season, play, you know, it's going to play out one way or another, you know. And if if we do end up start beating teams, I it could happen. I don't expect it, but uh, I'll be perfectly happy to be wrong. Like I said, because we'd have a winning football team. Uh, if you mean where will I be sitting uh, doing a post game reaction? I don't. You know, here's the thing about the post game reactions things. Those just hit me 
I think a little bit about what I'm going to say, but I don't write anything down and I just go with whatever comes out of my mouth. That's where the, there is no hope. Fuck everything. Go big red came from it. Just uh, from my screwed up brain to out of my mouth. And as Todd knows, this has gotten me in trouble many times in my life. And, uh, What would pick a comment, Todd? Well, you know, let's let's stick with Oklahoma. And you know, there's been a couple of questions okay. up there. You know, there's one somewhere along the line that you know, okay, why are you know Georgia Southern's Georgia Southern? The big game is OU, and and what do we think? Of, well, you know what? It does. If if Nebraska loses to Georgia Southern, I I could care less what happens in Oklahoma. I mean, I I don't know if I will be able to 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 haul myself up out of the depths of despair that I'll find my myself in if, if we get beat by Georgia Southern. Um, but, you know, what are our chances against Oklahoma? Well, I haven't seen Oklahoma play yet, um, but it is, it's, it's Oklahoma, Nebraska. And Nebraska played well last year down in Norman. And, you know, Nebraska could have walked out of that game with a victory. Uh, you, you know, we, we can talk about drinking a lot of Kool-Aid. We can we can talk about a lot of crazy things, but when when they line up on Saturday in Memorial Stadium, I I think Nebraska will have a chance to win. And if they beat Oklahoma, then that means that this football team is either three and one or two and two. And if they're three and one, I think you got to feel pretty good. Now, then they go into Big Ten play. And, you know, who knows what's going to happen. Um, but, you know, Brent Venables is uh, – he's a damn good defensive coach. Yeah. Uh, you know, back when Nebraska was looking for head coaches a couple of times, I was kind of hopeful that maybe Brent Venables would be on the short list, and who knows, maybe he was. Um, but he's, he's also trying to pull together a program – that lost a lot of good players through the portal. And, um, you know, who knows how good Oklahoma is going to be. But uh, I've got to believe, I've got to believe that um, if uh, Nebraska's got a chance to beat Oklahoma. Richard Johnson says, what about Janander? Totally overrated. His group gives 450 yards for four years. What do you think about? Is that an average? Is that average, right? 450 he's, yards a game? Is, his defensive have not been very good. Well, it's, he's he's coached with that bend but don't break mentality. Um, last year, the team played quite well. This year, um, to me, it's a mystery because, uh, you know, I understand. I, I, think it's, I, I think that all has to go back to that uh, we don't practice like we play thing. They don't practice physical, so – there you go. That's what you're going to get. You're going to get a lot of whiffs and arm tackles. Because a lot of whiffs and arm tackles. Game speed. Yeah. You know, yeah. So I think somebody on YouTube made the comment, uh, you hired a coach that was a winner at G5, and he built you a G5 team. <laughs> and I thought, wow, that's uh, that's pretty that's pretty on target there. <laughs> okay. Uh, this guy. High Mountain Guy says, <laughs> if you're looking for less stress, John, you pick the wrong team. Well, you know what? Here's the problem with that is 
it's it's a matter of being emotionally connected to what you're watching. And I've always been kind of an emotional person. Todd can vouch for that. Never been really good at hiding my emotions. So, you know, if I pick the team, you know, I can stay pretty emotionless about the NFL. When And my family yesterday actually had our, our annual NFL fantasy draft. And it's I have no idea what I'm doing with that stuff. I didn't finish last last year, so that's, you know, the big thing about that. But uh, if we lose on Saturday, I'll just go, oh, gee, maybe my fantasy team will not be just slaughtered on Sunday. Uh, what? What? We missed that. C.B. Oh. Williams says, think they can compete with Michigan. I didn't mean to put that up there. I clicked on the wrong one. These damn things move. Uh, no, we cannot compete with Michigan. We'll just say that right now. Uh, here, here's here's the accolade. So we put that one up that said we were a bunch of whores. Uh, we'll put this up from Charlie Huntsman. I love Corn Nation better than the big name media, a.k.a. ESPN. Thank you, Charlie. We appreciate that very much. Uh, sometimes my psyche needs uh, – oh, my God, look at this. Adam, Michael, Fellas, John, I love your videos, especially after the Nebraska football games. Keep them coming. That's the plan. Uh, Owen Walker says, Frost did he? Frost did say he will have more ones versus ones in practice. Thank goodness, right? Yeah. yeah what, what's shocking about this is, what, why did he wait so long? I don't. They didn't practice. They never practiced like this when he was in college, ever. I, I don't. I don't have an answer. I. I, I don't know. I don't know, but. John, John. You, Remember those big thick books I keep showing you? Yeah, I know. Okay, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna do a video soon about the nineties because people complain that we live in the nineties, but uh, a guy named Paul Koch wrote two massive books called Anatomy of an Era, and they contain the really under the uh, the untold story of the nineties. And if you look in those books, you will hear a lot of stuff about the pit. Okay, the pit was, a, should I explain that? You know what, I guess it's in public. Nobody ever talks about this stuff. But the pit was a place where the tunnel walk comes out right now. But it was a little room or a big area where the offensive and defensive linemen could go in and practice away from Tom Osborne. And they would just basically beat the living shit out of each other. They would fight. They would do all sorts of stuff. So this whole idea that we're going to practice and we don't practice one-on-ones. It's just no idea. Maybe that's how they did it in the group of five at UCF. But I don't, uh, I, I don't understand why he's done this. You know, now that his back's against the wall, I guess. Okay, what do we got? Uh, there was one. There was one about could. Yeah, we don't need to stomach Bielema because he's bringing his own. Jesus, that is one thing I I did tweet during the uh, during the Illinois Indiana game was my God, how many people has Brett Bellamy eaten lately? Because he just looks he's not Mark Mangino huge, but he's he's honest to God he's either gained a lot of weight or he's carrying his own eight gallon keg around in a, a suit. And maybe maybe coaching at Illinois does that to a guy. Oh, he was on his way when he was at Wisconsin. <laughs> okay, wait. Somebody, uh, somebody up here said something about Georgia Southern has a, uh, a lot of speed. Uh, 
are we worried about that? I, I think you have to be worried about everything. <laughs> I don't think I don't think that Nebraska is in a position right now where they can overlook any aspect of any team. And if you know, I, I think Nebraska's got speed, they have speed. Um, what they haven't shown us is that they can shut things down at the line of scrimmage on the defensive side of the ball. So, yeah. Okay. I just I just lost one. Oh, you can pin messages. I got to learn this stuff. Okay, M. Gaboski again. Well, you know what? We're coming up on what fifty-six minutes. Uh, we'll 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 finish with kind of a softy. <laughs> M. Gaboski says, "What's your favorite away game stadium in the Big Ten? Of the ones God. I've been to, of the ones I've been to, this is gonna I've, kind of a tie. Um, I love being at Camp Randall because of just the fun. Um, I've been there to two games and I've had a, I mean, Nebraska was on, there goes Melvin Gordon again. You know, damn, he just keeps running. Um, I've been here for two games, but the, the, the atmosphere was great. Uh, The, the, it was, it was a lot of fun to be at Camp Randall. Um, Now people are going to laugh at me on this one, but um, I honestly like to be at Northwestern stadium. I mean, it's a little junky old WPA built stadium, but I, it was fun. I mean, it was, I really enjoyed watching a football game there and I understand that sounds horrible. So, you know, our our friend from Michigan is asking that question. I have not been to the big house, so I can't comment on the big house. Um, I've only been to Ohio stadium for a high school championship game. So I really can't comment on what that's like. So of the ones I've been wait, to. Wait a minute. Kinnick? Didn't I we go to Kinnick years ago? I've we we to went Kinnick. to an Iowa-Iowa State game there. Yeah, we did. Yeah, it was it was just a stadium. It was okay. Yeah, it was I mean, just it was a stadium. And yeah. Champaign was just a stadium at Illinois. Um, and that pretty much I'd like to get to Michigan – I'd like to get to Michigan and Ohio State and get around the Big Ten. I got to figure out these freaking health issues before I can even get out of my house, basically. So you guys are my biggest socialization of the week. Uh, all right, any should we take any? Da, 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 da. Uh, there was one more uh, I wanted to hit. Brian Anderson, what about the rumors of Craig Bull coming in after Frost firing? No, just no. It's that no. It's not going to happen. That's not happening. Uh, what else? Is that it? Well, I think, you know, we can kind of wrap it up here. Um, you know, a win's a win. Let's let's just let's accept that a win's a win. And um, it will uh, – um, we've got Georgia Southern coming in. It'll be a night game. Um, I'm sure that they're going to take opportunity, you know, to turn the lights out at the end of the third quarter and have a lot of flames and that kind of stuff. Cause that's kind of cool and fun like they did at the Michigan game. Uh, it seems to me like Trev Albert is really overemphasizing fan experience. I mean, you can hardly get the guy to, you know, every, every, every line that you hear him speak, he's praising fans, praising fans, praising fans. I think they realize 
that they need to do everything they can to keep fans coming into that stadium for ball games. Um, and, uh, you know, so hopefully that excitement is there on Saturday night. Hopefully the team comes out and they play hard and they play and they execute well and, and they, they win the game convincingly. That's what I hope to see on right. Saturday we're, we're, we're going to end with this comment by Brian Anderson. A garbage man can think of a dumpster fire as a win, but it isn't a good way of dealing with trash. Ow. <laughs> Shots oh, fired. Brian. Yeah, touche, touche. I'm not that slick. <laughs> yeah. We do, we do have Georgia Southern coming in this week. And like I said earlier, I mean, people are worried about this game, and that kind of tells, that tells you everything we need to know about our football program. You know, these are different level teams for a reason. And they are body bag games. That's I, I don't know where I got that reference, but that's how I've referred to them the entire time we've been playing these types of games. You pay people to come in and you pay them to lose. And, you know, when you start worrying about your team actually losing to them, you have real serious issues. And I guess, you know, I wish that it wasn't that way, but that's where we're at. And if, you know, I've seen a lot of comments. I'll, the last thing, I keep saying the last thing, don't I? Last thing I'll say is, you know, I've seen all these people say, stay positive, stay positive, stay positive. And really what I look at that, I think, okay, uh, if you're talking honestly about our program, is that that's being negative or is this just being realist? Because it's not in a good place right now. These are not eight-year-old rec league soccer players that I coached. You know, I didn't yell at those kids. I didn't yell at them for one reason, and that's because when you're a youth coach, you can ruin more kids from playing sports than you can anything else by yelling stuff at them for no reason. And years ago, I decided, you know, if they weren't playing well, I just wouldn't say anything to them. And they knew if I was quiet that they weren't doing well. So, uh, I don't know where I was going with that. I don't, they're not eighth year old rec league soccer players. I think they, you know, if they can get the accolades for playing Nebraska football and everything that goes with the uniform, uh, they seem to take some shit too. And I think most of it's directed at their coaches. So I think that's it for this week. Uh, any final thoughts, Todd? No, just uh, let's uh, hope for a good week and, and hope for a big win on Saturday. And, and then we can, then, then we can really start chugging on the OU Kool-Aid, no OU Nebraska Kool-Aid, and get all pumped up for a big Nebraska-Oklahoma game, and uh, we'll see what happens. I guarantee you this. We can do our favorite. We can do our favorite. Oh, wait, I cut you off, didn't I? Go ahead. No, here, here's what I guarantee: if if Nebraska beats Georgia Southern this weekend, and then if Nebraska beats Oklahoma. That is, that's going to take things to a whole new level as far as the future of Scott Frost is concerned. It, it, that will be it's true. He'll have a interesting times in. Uh, he'll in have Oklahoma. a signature win. He'll have a signature win. Okay, thanks for showing up, everybody. Thanks for the comments, the questions. We appreciate uh, we appreciate your thoughts. We appreciate your praise. And I, I'm going to go work on a T-shirt about being a some kind of whore. <laughs> Good night, Todd. See you, John. Yeah. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us tonight.